everyone. Welcome back again for another exciting week of the Iconist Podcast. Oh, 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 happy days, happy days is. Thank you everyone for holding on and doing this show and or doing and listening to the show while we do the show for you. Yeah. Um, we appreciate everyone that's been reaching out so far and 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 loving the feedback we're getting. So please, one, keep it coming. Um, and remember, this is the Iconist Podcast. We can be found on all streaming services on our Wednesdays and Tuesdays. We drop the video on YouTube. Right? I know I did it a little bit backwards. Hey, it's what I do. So <laughs> You know, uh, keep in mind also, please like, subscribe, share. Also, we have a Patreon page. So please, you know, jump on there, subscribe, drop a one-time tip, subscribe. We have exclusive videos on Patreon. And we also have a coffee page if you just want to do a one-time tip, help the channel grow. And comment, comment, interact. We've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram page. We've got a Twitter, you know, TikTok. Find all of that. So we have we're all over the place, man. It, we're there. The easiest way to track us down is um, through any of our social media. Mm-hmm. And if you want, go over to my website, which is barry3d.com, and you'll be able to track the show. Very simple as that. We have all uh, the links there on my website. You know, I have some live dates coming up from when I'm going to be performing across Ontario and some dates coming up for what? Montreal. Vive la Quebec. <laughs> Born and raised, and then uh, came here to Toronto and uh, missing the land of Putin and steamies. So <laughs> that, that that's the easiest way. And of course, a couple of shout outs I want to do for absolutely for sure is one, Touch of Grey Matter, Touch of Grey Comedy. That's the comedy troupe I'm a part of. So that's Thomas Patrice, uh, Zolf Ali, myself, and Dave Sokolowski. We've got an event coming up June 17th in Burlington once again. Uh, uh, you know, uh, ride, uh, is it breath share? I, it, we're doing a fundraiser. We're doing another fundraiser. Yes, I'm bad with the details at times. I think that I would be more uh, aware of it because I'm actually on the show, but no. So we're doing that. Look that up. Keep in touch with me and the guys, plus our weekly shows that we got going on online. So thank you very much for that. Uh, big shout out to Wild Comics out in Kitchener and Check mm-hmm. Swings out in Montreal on the South Shore, right on Tash Boulevard. Tell them we said hi, the supporters of the show, and also uh, back to the balcony with Jimmy England. Man is phenomenal, and my episode with him is coming up very shortly on his podcast that you'll be able to see. So, or actually, better yet, listen to, not see. You know, use your imagination. <laughs> oh, <laughs> y'all see what I look like? Just copy paste. So that that's uh, some things going on on our side for sure. And um, you know, Rod, where where can we find you, Rod? Listen, I'm somewhere out there in a worldwide net, but you can definitely find me on the world of Instagram. Find me at Mr. Rod C. Definitely find me page, you know, connect, connect me, follow me from there. You can also definitely find me on twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. That's where you can find me. Listen, I got weekly shows that I play a uh, whole sorted amount of uh, different music and genres, you know, like club. Club shots is basically like tag it. So I play everything that you hear in the clubs. Have some fun with that. Um, always in a bunch of different ways, different you know genres: soca, calypso, reggae, uh, R&B, hip hop, house. Listen, I play it. We're having some fun. Let's go top forty. We're gonna have some fun. So follow me, find me, say hi. Shout your back. Let's go. We're gonna have some fun. So today, today, today. Oh, we got one more person. 
the one and only, the man that makes us look so pretty all the time. Sorry, I was kind of a little bit distracted because I was looking nope. for someone else I wanted to shout out, but yes, the one okay. who gives us our overlays, the one who does our, 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 our posters and everything that we need in all digital media. If you need something done, who can they go and see, Rod? Digital. Jay Bird Digital Arts. Arts, arts, arts. Jay Bird Digital, digital arts. arts. That's I went reversed. Holy. <laughs> yeah, we did a reverse. That's the way to go. Today's a reverse day. That, that's, I'm telling a, you. It's, it's a mirror day. It, you know. Oh. All right, then. I don't know. We're, we're coming from Bizarro World. Yeah. Right? Shout out to Lois and Clark. Ah. I mean, super, Superman, super, Superman and Lois. Exactly. Superman and Lois. Yeah. I, you know, I want to do give it one shout out, though. Um, uh, I was talking to this person a couple of uh, days ago through our Facebook page, so our Connors Facebook page. Yes, we do reply to our own chats. This is all grassroots. And I got to give it out to Mark Bailey. So um, Mark Bailey turned around and sent me a message saying that, you know, and, and, and he came across our website from the promotion and everything like that. So, hey, what promotion works? Thank Ooh. you, hashtags. And he wanted to say, you know, greetings to Barry3D and DJ Rod C. You know, just heard your totally badass uh, episode on Thunder the Barbarian. So this is going back mm. a little way that he, you know, he came across this one. Uh and he says, it sounds like you both watched the original run. Kudos. Your warmth and enthusiasm and high infectiousness. Th- thanks for that, right? So he really liked how we prepared it. So thank you so much, Mark, for the kind words. Thank and you, on you. top of that, Mark has an interactive monster movies set in New York map, right? Mm. And in that map, there's seven locations that he included from Thunder the Barbarian. It is amazing. I'm going, I have this permission to share this. So I'm going to share this on our Facebook page and, and some of the links. Uh, and for anyone listening, I'll give you the over here. So it's NYC. So really New York City. So N Y C G M A M dot com. So N is in Nancy. Y as in yes. C as in city, right? G as in George. M is in mom. A as in Adam and M as in mom.com. Now it does take about a minute or so to load, but when this map loads, it's really a lot of fun because it has all the monsters that where they, they invaded and hit New York, right? Where they showed up the location. So if you tap on the location, it'll tell you which monster it was. So you can tap on the monster or the character, for example. So he's got a, not, not just exclusive monster. So he's got like King Kong, He's got uh, Rodan, you know, anyone that came over to our shores, he's got Thunder the Barbarian on there <laughs> and you hit it and it shows the actual locations with actual pictures of it from the episodes or the movies. And it's, it's, it's such a nice interactive map. So I wanted really to kind of give that out to, to Mark, you know, thanks for reaching out to us. And, and we had a good conversation back and forth. So, you know, I'm gonna let you know, Mark, when you, when you, you know, hopefully, you're going to hear this episode also. I know he really enjoyed the Thunder of the Barbarian episode, and he actually jumped onto the Mighty Orbots episode, and he enjoyed that one nice. too. So hopefully, Mark, we keep this going uh, for, you know, you find some other ones and gems that you like, and we really kind of touch base on that. And once again, feel free, reach out. We, we, we like interacting with our fans. And of course, I got to do this. My, my boy, Sean. Hmm. Sean Allen. Hmm. Let me tell you something about that, man. Uh-oh. First Uh-oh. of all, Y'all don't know Sean. We got to say thank you to your ser- for your service, Sean, because Sean is a military man in the Canadian uh, Reserves. Thank you for keeping our shores safe, so we can do what we need to do in this times that we have going on right now. So can't can't stress that enough. And on top of it, Sean is a big fan of the show. So I see Sean every pretty much weekend, and we talk comic books off 
and I have to give this shout out. Sean's favorite episode is this episode we did on Juggernaut. He says that to him was his most favorite episode for how we broke that one down. Nice. I, you know, so far out of all the ones. So we always want to hit that level. Sean, you're listening. I know you will be when this episode comes on, on, you know, on Tuesday, as usual. Thank you. And for sure, hopefully we go hit that court again, man. And uh, uh, he's going to give us some, maybe some, some things he might want us to talk about. So okay. anyone out there that's listening, if there's someone you want us to talk about, doesn't matter if it's hero, villain, comic, anime, cartoon, video game, it don't matter. You bring it to us and we will go through it. We'll let you know if we'll do it. Yeah or no. Uh, and go from there. We're open to a lot of stuff. <sighs> okay, I'm good. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. Usually I always introduce Rod. As, usually I say, like, hey, Rod, what do you got going on? But usually it's the man, the myth, the legend, the one that makes the turntables rock back and forth. Jump up and down. <laughs> that's what I did. And that's how I sprained my toe. Thanks, Rod. He was no playing problem. Saturday Love and lost my mind. I apologize in advance. I apologize for before. I apologize continuously. I apologize. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. There we go. And now here we are in the month of June. Mm. June has got a couple of things going on. First of all, Juneteenth is coming up later on, right? Really? So we have a couple of episodes that are going to kind of gear towards that. Uh, June is also my birthday month. I get to turn another year on June 14th. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. And then it's my daughter's birthday, June 16th. The deuce? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, yeah. Winky dink. It's a co-winky dink. I it's a co-winky dink. You know what? Great <laughs> things happen in Gemini's. Uh, no hate for the rest of the science. It's just there's two of us and there's only one of you and each other one. So we good. We got backup. That being said, here we are kicking off June and we're going to go through our special for June. We do have science. We do the little specials or themes. You know, let's show we do some work. Our theme is Milestone. Not milestone mm-hmm. as you reached one. Well, for me, I reached a milestone. But milestone as in milestone comics, the division of DC Comics and the characters they portrayed, uh, they came out with years ago that are still around now into the media and I think should be done a bit more. So the first one we're kicking off for milestone. It's milestone June month is <laughs> the one and only. Who are we talking about today, Rod? You let them know. We'll be talking about that wonderful superhero by the name of Static. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Sorry. Sorry. I just got shocked by Static. Let's go. <laughs> Woo! That's right. We're talking about Static, right? He goes by Static. He goes by Static Shock. You know, sometimes, you know, I mean, you can rub a balloon, put it up there. It's like, how's it held? Static electricity, right? Static, mm. you know, you kind of rub your car- your feet on the carpet. You go up to your little brother, and then you just touch him with a finger, and, and you shock him. Static electricity. So that went from an annoyance to a party trick to a comic book hero. <laughs> right? So as a comic book, he was static. Mm-hmm. But in the, 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 the cartoon, it was static, static shock. shock. Ah, same person, right? And and that and that's how the beauty of comics goes about. So let's go through a little bit of history, and, and as we go, we're gonna drop some tidbits also about the creators and so forth. So let's break down part one. Here we go. Oh, I say part one; it's all one episode. But you know, the first part here is Static was created in his first appearance in comic books was under his own brand, so he wasn't under another uh, comic book company. It was part of Milestone. Mm-hmm. which was a division of DC. So in Milestone Comics, they were had a room 
in the back of the DC offices, like just one room. And it was pretty much black created, black writers, black, you know, creators, black writers, black art, kind of working on that. People of ethnic, so not just black, but people of ethnicity working together on this. And this is something they wanted to do. And I like, and this was first appearance was June 1993. Damn. Here we are. June 2022. June 1993. I love characters with history, man. And he was created by Dwayne McDuffie, right? Dennis Cohen, Michael Davis, and Tarek D. Diggling. Excuse me, I had a little bit of a burp. My apologies. Made this character in his first appearance. Um, So Static, you know, in the page of Static Season 1. Okay, right. Okay, that was something. Never mind. That, this is how this character came about, came to be June 1993 in his own book under Milestone. Since then, they did have an event where they kind of, you know, merged the Milestone characters that we'll be talking about this month into the regular DC universe. Because, you know, Marvel creates and DC acquires. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just mm-hmm. that's, that's how they function. Right. You know? DC's acquired a lot of the properties they have over the years and they've expanded on it where Marvel's created a lot of the characters they have and expanded. So two different, you know, two different houses. They function differently. Great media, <laughs> you know, or uh, the famous sense we're talking about a DC now character, now character, right? He's DC now. Great Caesar's ghost from Perry White. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, yeah, I don't know where I was going. I was, I, I was I've, had, I've had too much sugar today. I don't know. I've, okay. I've, I'm just, I'm just good. I'm just good. So, give you some, uh, some of this, uh, you know. So he was created. He was created as a kind of um, picture. He was a Spider-Man archetype par- character. Correct. Right. Young teenager, black. You know, and 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 this does stay with what he has to be. Mm-hmm. I I think it took a. It's still relevant up to now with how the character was portrayed, the line of the thinking the character has, you know, from his origins up to, you know, present day. He's shown up in a lot of other media. So he started off in a comic book and then he went and had his TV series. And then he's shown up in a two-parter in Justice League uh, Unlimited, you know, where he's actually older. So he's gone through, he's there. And I know a lot of times people will say, oh, maybe if you quick glance, Black Lightning related to Black Lightning. No. And believe it or not, out of all the DC characters, he was one of the, well, I guess one of the earlier ones as for animated wise, animated. So the static shock. He was the first black main hero of a cartoon. Main hero. Right. That's the distinction right there. Main hero. Yeah. Yeah. Main yeah, hero. I, I, I think I can definitely go with that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, definitely. Because you know what? I'll even in the part that you mentioned, and just kind of doubling back to when you're saying that he was uh, the origin is just like just like Spider-Man. Yeah. Wild enough. Yes, this came out in June 1993. We're now mm-hmm. in 2022. We're in, we're basically knocking on the we're on the doors of June. We're June 2022. So that's just over 30 years. Yeah. The most thing I the similarity I see is that. It's like Miles Morales. Yes. So basically what we saw in the Spider-Verse, seeing that introduction of that, 
you know, it was just as similar, but this was 30 years earlier that the similarities, when you start to get into the character, you start to see who he is, you start reading the comics and starting realizing who's static in the comics, static shock in the cartoon, in the anime, but static in the comic book, when you see that the distinction is very similar, just to say, and that was 30 years prior. Well, now by the time that came out, let's just say easily 20 years ago. Yeah. This, this is prior. So it's, it's, it's perfect. So I, I, I just, when you see that now, when you're bringing that up, it's like, it's good to make that distinction. So if anybody reads this and just, you know, catches up when you're going to start reading into static, definitely highly recommend it. You know, take, take a look, get a chance, catch up on some, you know, catch up on some old, uh, one when it started out and just get into that now. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely get into, get into him and you'll see the similarity for, you know, could have started on 1993, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. So yeah, we were saying, um, yeah, well, I mean, first of all, he started off as a Spider-Man. He, he was influenced by Spider-Man. So Dwayne was influenced right. by Spider-Man, that archetype, you know, teenager going through regular problems, mm-hmm. but told from a intercity youth perspective. He's told from a young black man's perspective. With and Dwayne's using a lot of his own personal experiences, experience, yeah, into all the characters he's done in Milestones and and different points of view, and and that's the key thing with Milestone is that not everyone has the same point of view. Each of them have their own, you know, ways. You know, like I mean, hardware has his own way of thinking, and mm-hmm. you can get behind that. Icon Icon. and Rocket have their own way of thinking. The Blood Syndicate have their own way of thinking. And we'll be talking about these characters later on. With with Static, he's a young guy in school, just coming into his own. So picture you're like 16. You're trying to figure out. You're trying to figure out, you know, your home life, your your social life, uh, you know, Hmm. girls you like and who you want to date. Going to high school. High school Again, drama and angst going on, right? So exactly. he and he gets into a situation from early mm-hmm. on. So pretty much the first original issues that came out under the milestone marker, the banner. Just you say like, wow, so he's in there, and now what's going on with him? Okay, well we know from early his name, his real name is Virgil Hawkins. So that's his real name, Virgil Hawkins. And Virgil, in his book, you realize that. He's, he's living with his mom and his sister. His dad's nowhere around because his dad was killed off. Right? He got caught up in a situation with gang violence in a crossfire. So his dad wasn't part of a gang. His dad was minding his own business, but a bullet mm-hmm. does not discriminate. So for any of those that suffer from tragedy like this and having to survive a lost one, our, our, our honestly, our sympathy goes out to you. Absolutely. You know, uh, and I, and I, it, it's, it, it's not something you get over and it's a shame that's happened. We got to do better as a society. That's, that's really what it is. And, you know, our politicians really have to step up. So regardless of what side of the fence you fall on, I'm not getting no political debate. Just understand that, understand the loss that has happened, understand the tragedy that's happened. We've got to do better. Case closed. That is what happens with this character. He's, he, he, so you, you hear that. Retrospect, little things about his, his dad here and there within the first earlier issues. His dad got caught up between two gangs fighting, got hit with a stray bullet, died. So it's his mom, his sister, and Virgil. They're trying to get by. Mom works as a full-time nurse. She's trying to do her best to support for these kids and put them through. Virgil is a small community where they live in. So it's a kind of an when I say small community, even though he's in the city, he's in Dakota City. 
you know, it, it, the neighborhood is a tight knit neighborhood. That's how the feeling I got because everyone kind of knows everyone to a certain degree, which is, which is very reminiscent. If you live in New York city, for example, shout out to Mark, uh, people usually know who lives on your block and you would pass them. You see them every day and you get to know everyone in your block, in your area. Right. And, and if you listen to anyone talking about their upbringing in New York, in, you know, you'll, you'll hear a lot about that, especially amongst the rappers. If you listen to our old school rappers, like big daddy Kane and, 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 uh, LL Cool J. You know, yeah. And, and, and care. And you hear them not talking about the music, but just talking about where they grew up. It's like, Oh, I knew this DJ. Best example is if you watch Wu Tang Clan. He's like, mm-hmm. this person lived on this block. This person lived two blocks over in this thing. You know, me and my cousin lived in the same building. I was on this floor and this yeah. floor. So everyone kind of knows. So it's not just the kids that would know each other, it's also the parents that would know whose child is who. And that's how the, the community works. So Virgil's in this kind of situation. So when we've come across Virgil, you see him obviously using his powers. And his costume is very basic. It's just like a it looks like just a blue costume. Now, I'm not sure if it was supposed to be black or blue because I always draw it very dark. Right. Black doesn't show well on paper, right? So, but it looks like a dark blue costume. And that's why I said it could be black as Batman's costume, even though it's black and gray, it's supposed to be all black. It just doesn't show the definition of muscle. So let's just go with this for now, how I see it. Blue, and it's got like a, like a ski mask. So his mouth is exposed, eyes are exposed, and he has an X on his forehead in white. And like a lightning bolt on his chest in white or lightning bolts kind of coming down the sides in a thin white. That's it. And then he's got a baseball cap on on top of that. And then he wears sometimes he wears a trench coat with gloves. So that that's his look and how he goes about. And you see him kind of turn around. And he stops one person. He sees this girl um, and, he, and he starts talking to her. And it's like, oh, hey, precious. And she's like, well, don't call me precious. Oh, can I walk you home? You know? And then he times, you know, stopping a crime, helping this girl because she was getting bullied by this one guy. She, and he races home, goes through like the top of the, the door, runs in. His mom's like, why are you slamming the doors? You know, your father had to fix this door last time. And da, 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 and your father's not around anymore. Okay. And then he picks up the phone and she calls him because that's his best friend. But she doesn't know that he's static. Correct. Right. And, but he's enjoying it. I mean, he, he's a kid in a candy store. Come on. You're 16 and you have the power to fly and throw, and throw lightning bolts? Okay. <laughs> right? So he makes a lot of wisecracks like Peter Parker. Like when you got Peter Parker, Peter Parker's like, yeah, I'm Peter Parker. Oh no, Flash Thompson's bullying me again. This sucks. And then he puts on the mask of Spider-Man. He's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm your amazing Spider-Man. And he cracks oh. those corny jokes to overcompensate right. for the inadequacies that he has as Peter Parker. Virgil does the same thing. Right. It, it, you know what? It, it basically, you're absolutely correct. Like having that type of power and realizing I can be somebody else. I can now bring out my inner, my inner self, who I really want to be. And I don't have to be, have to shun and hide what I have, you know, whatever, not powers, but at this time, just who I really want to be and how I yes. really want to perceive everybody to see me and how right. I want to be shown and spoken to and speak to people. I want to have that type of encouragement, that type of like, I'm like, yeah, I I got this. I don't feel timid. I feel like I got the confidence. I got the confidence of a lion. I have the confidence of a of a mountain. Yeah, and then of course that's when the, that's when all the, the corny jokes come in. In the sense, like you know, just to like have confidence, I have confidence overflowing. I'm like, yeah, nothing's gonna hurt me. I got powers. <laughs> it's not good. I'm, 
I got something you don't got. Well, that's it. He's got that confidence and ego. It'll be, you know, and he kind of huh. say how I want to be. And it's funny because we mentioned the two houses because this character was originally made for Marvel, but <laughs> you know, didn't seem to get there and, and ended up with you know milestone. All right, which I think is important because how Marvel worked at the time, and as opposed to DC and Milestone, is who if you create it, you own it at DC. And then, of course, this character helped connect with young viewers, young readers. So I think this character might have gotten lost a little bit with Marvel because Marvel already had a similar character. But with DC, this makes this character stand out. You know, he was very bubbly over the top. He was corny. He was cheesy. And he wanted to be the man, um, you know, how he sees himself, right? Or how he wants to be seen. And mm-hmm. I, you hit that really well on that head there, Rod. So Virgil turns around and, and that's how he wants to go about it. But he, he got his powers through the situation. So at school, there's this one kid that bullies him all the time. So this same bully goes up, sees the girl he likes, his best friend, uh, Frida, I think it is. Frida. Yeah, Frida. Mm-hmm. Frida. And he starts hitting on her, you know, and, and, and Fred, uh, you know, he's very arrogant, over the top. And he, but he's, he's, he's a bully. He's a straight up bully. Cause at one point he's just being rude. He's being, show, you know, male, show, he's very chauvinist, right? He, and he thinks he's all that, you know, call me B money or something. Like that, I think his name was. And, you know, so Virgil's there and Virgil starts quacking wise jokes on him. He just starts, you know, yeah, man, whatever. And, you know, his so called bully at the time kind of, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The girl walks off, Rita walks off, gives him the finger, kind of, you know what? I ain't bothering with you, man. And, and like, you can tell Frida's a very strong character. She's not the damsel in distress, which I like. As you heard me said before. So she walks off. But as soon as she's out of sight, you know, this guy turns around, grabs Virgil, slams his head into the, to the locker, beats him down to the point where he's on the floor crying. Because as cool as he thought he was and, as, and throwing off his mouth, he couldn't take him in a fight. So he, he ends up crying in front of the whole school. Like everyone is in the hallway. People in the hallway see him crying. You know, and, and how do you feel? You know, if you were 16 and got your butt whooped and you're crying, you're gonna feel like two feet tall. Right. right. So this goes into his psyche, and there's a reason why I'm mentioning this. So at this time, his best friend Larry comes up, no relation, uh, and, and picks him up and says, Hey man, and he steps in for him saying, Look, stop it. It's over. We're done. No need to continue this fight any longer. He's like, well, I can talk to who I want to talk to. He goes, no, the next time you talk to Frida, it's my business. You, next time you talk to Virgil, it's my business. My business. Because yeah. his boy Larry is part of a gang. <laughs> right? The, his bully is also part of a gang. So at one point, Larry's having a conversation with him saying, look, you got four years of school with this fool. You got to stand up for yourself and do something and make a point. And Virgil's like, I don't know. He goes, look, you're my brother, man. What you got to do? Pop a cap in his ass. And he gets Virgil a gun. Mm -hmm. He tells Virgil that, you know, his bully is going to be at a certain location. Go down there. Take care of business. Because if you don't take care of it now, he's going to ride you constantly for the next four years. Right? This is going to be a long four years of high school. Now you figure, oh, he's here. He's going to say, no, no, no. Virgil takes the gun. 
Virgil puts on the trench coat. He puts on the cap and, you know, he gets all dressed up, goes out the house and he sees him and pulls out the gun. And at first he aims it at a distance. Like, so, you know, his, his, his bully doesn't see him from the back. He's hiding in the alley, pulls out the gun, but he's aiming it at the back of his head. And then the gun, the sight drops down a little bit, the bullseye, and it goes to his back. And then it drops down a little bit more. And he's, and he's having a whole thought process. They're like, I can do this. I can kill him. And that's it. He'll never bother me again. But it's the right thing to do. I don't know. I, okay, maybe if I shoot him and just wound him to show I mean business, but then he might retaliate. No. And he drops the gun some more and he goes, well, I can't do this. This killer. is completely wrong. I'm not a killer. I'm not a killer. And keep in mind, that's how his dad died. Mm-hmm. Right? So forget the great responsibility, great power comes with great, you know, great responsibility, great power speech. No, it's more kind of this, that he finally came to his senses that this is how my dad died. I can't do this. So he takes the gun and he throws the gun into the nearby river. Right. Right. His bully turns around and says, hey, what are you doing here? And he starts to run off. But then helicopters come in and it's the police and the police see these two gangs. They're converging and they just drop some kind of chemical you know, to knock them out, but it interacts with something there, and then boom! And it's yeah. called the Big Bang Theory in Dakota, in Paris, Dakota, uh, where they're at. It's called the Big Bang Theory because everyone around that got exposed to these chemicals and that explosion <laughs> got a power. Right. Right? I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm still on board with this. So as a black man myself who went to high school and went through moments like that, I can see yeah, I did have a high, a high school. Well, I would say a high school bully. I had, I, I had a, a bully in elementary school, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this person taunted me for years, years. And it wasn't even just elementary school. We lived on the same block. So it wasn't, I could even get away from him when I was outside of school. I still had to deal with him when I was at home, out in the park, walking the street. He was there. And right. it came down one day that, well, enough was enough. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying I condone it. But, you know, when parents are getting involved and, and even his parents weren't really doing much of trying to tell him not to, they'll, they'll get upset, but then he wouldn't stop him. He would just ramp things up and he would pick on me because I was smaller and all that. So right. one day it came down to it and I lost my temper. But instead of being punched and dropping down and taking it and saying, no, stop hitting me. My mom told me <laughs> straight up, and this is my mom, not even my dad. My mom told me, he's like, when he comes to you next time, hit him in the balls. And I go, okay. And she goes, no matter how many times he hits you, keep hitting him in the balls. Hit him over and over and over again until he can't get up. And when he can't get up, hit him again. I'm like, mom, <laughs> you're a Christian woman. Aren't you supposed to say turn the other cheek? You know, I'm looking at my dad. And my dad looked at me and he said, what are you looking at me for? Your mom told you what to do. <laughs> All right. And, and that's how, you know, I'm not saying it was the best way to handle that situation. Mm-hmm. But after dealing with this for years, it was the only way to deal with that situation. And once it was done, I realized I had my own power that I can. It hurts when I get hit. Nobody wants to get hit. Correct. But I can hit back. And that there, after that day, never bullied me again. He would give me looks. And I would open my mouth and say, what are you going to do? Because I, I pretty much went at it and it was just me and you that it had to pull us apart. So I'll Google through this again. And knowing that I wasn't going to get in trouble at home, I was good. 
I was more afraid of getting in trouble at home than dealing with the beats from him. So I can understand where he's going through, and it was relatable. That's what I'm trying to tell uh, tell everybody that's listening. That was relatable to me, mm-hmm. and I like that how they kind of broke that down. So that's that's the whole thing with Virgil. That's how he got his powers. Right. Then he decided kind of practicing because he realized he had powers, started using them. But then it came to a key moment that he had to have his reckoning where, and I know I'm doing a lot of talking. I'll stop soon enough. And I know where Virgil turned around and um, he saw that this supervillain, I guess, was terrorizing people around and terrorizing Frida. He shows up and the two of them start fighting and he's using his powers. He's being all quirky and stuff like that. And then he gets a good look at the guy's face and, and he realizes that his bully now has these powers himself, these fire powers. Mm. And what happens? Virgil freezes. Virgil was winning the fight. And as soon as he saw it was his bully, mentally and emotionally, he shut down. That bully hit him once and he curled up in a fetal position. And that bully started hitting him over and over again. And he started crying. And he had a relapse of that time that bully got him in the hallway. So no matter how strong you were, mentally and emotionally, he wasn't prepared for that. Uh, and he was left a, a beaten mess, and his bully walked away. He's like, "Ah, oh, you come back again? You mess with B Money or or Money B or whatever F Money B? That was his name. You, you know, I'll, I'll give you more of a beating." And Frida was there, and she ran over, and she's like, "Why'd you stop? You were winning." And and he's got his, a black eye. She pulls off the mask, and that's when she realizes that Static is Virgil. Virgil. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> It's a, it's a lot to impact. And this is the great thing about Milestone, that they put in a lot of uh, not only emotions, but a lot of a lot of context. So you can make this as relatable as possible. You can actually, everyone has been through, like you said, been through a situation, or if they know someone who's been through a situation where they've, you know, felt this type of being in that same position as a, as a person, in, you know, in school, whatever race you're in. You are. You, you've been or you know someone who's been bullied. So you know how it is to stand up and how if the scenario like Virgil now saying, oh, my gosh, that's the bully. You were, you were, you know, you were mentally hold for a quick second. And now when your guard came down type of scenario. But we've all had that type of relatable type of relate. I mean, uh, emotion. So it was a great, great thing that Milestone put that in. I even wanted to go back to something that you were saying earlier in regards to the Big Bang. Right, not, not the Big Bang Theory, but the Big Bang. <laughs> hey, hey. So, so the great thing about that is, it's hilarious. Not hilarious, but it's funny that when you again, hilarious and funny and funny. It's not that <laughs> you're trying to contradict, not to say, Rod, make up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I wanted to say was that the Bang Theory, again, the people that we're planning to look into and and talk about this month. It's all related into this. It's basically called the bit, the back theory, which was like kind of like AKA Virgil static is in Dakota. They had it nearly comic wise. They call it like the Dakota verse, which means that we will get into it and you'll start to realize that the villain, I mean, the characters that we're talking about and they're, they're supposedly villains and everything along, along that line were all created or birthed out of the big bang so everybody is very related and then you'll start to see when we get to it all the comics and everything like icon hardwire um syndicate crew 
uh, Rocket, everybody, Static, they're basically very intertwined. And it may also made me remember about uh, if whenever we watched um, Smallville. Right. Because Smallville yes. was a similar type of way that Smallville and even now even Flash, that basically because of that particular incident, Smallville was the rocks, the kryptonite rocks that came down and all right. different types right. and create, created all these different metahumans in that regard. And the same thing with Flash because of the, um, uh, oh, oh my uh, goodness. I want to say not the arc reactor, but, uh, yeah, exactly. I know I'm, I'm not thinking the right one, but as See, everybody, too re- much information in the head, it just kind of implodes. <laughs> implodes. Exactly. <laughs> I can't breathe. So it just implodes in, but the similarity is right there. So basically it's a great thing that milestone is using static as the initial one to start it off and you start to see the similarities going on from there. So you're going to, you're going to hear us make some reference back to the bang, big bang, uh, the code of verse. Uh, again, everything is very intertwined within that universe. And I'm quite, I'm quite pleased and happy to, uh, when we get to it, we're going to definitely reveal this to you. But, uh, yeah, this is a, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good thing to keep, keep note that yeah. everybody is not isolated. These characters no. we're about to bring in are very intertwined. And the great thing, again, all these ones, you're going to see the emotional understanding that Virgil has to go through realizing because of the gas attack during that police raid, sending some chemicals, you know, and they'll, we'll get into that, you know, they get into that later on in, in, in Static's uh, comic career, you know, they'll get, you'll right. find out more about it. But because of that, created his bully. And you'll start to see other uh, metahumans, you know, who are going to be created because of that. So this is a great connection right there. Absolutely. And the cool thing about, you know, it really, really made this character, let's put it this way. If Virgil was a real person, hmm. Virgil would be a fan of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that just to say that, you know, the character was, he was a self-professed geek. Mm-hmm. It's portrayed in a comic book as a comic book collector, video game fan. Mm-hmm. Everything that we talk about, Virgil would be a part of. And if he really was an existing person and heard it's like, oh. The Iconist podcast is talking about me, Static. I'll tune in for an episode. Let's see what they say about me. So this this is him. He's he's into, you know, all these things, him and his friends. And mm. it wasn't, and let me be very clear, what I like about Milestone, even though it was, as I said, a Black-influenced creative team, they mm-hmm. weren't just Black characters Correct. solely. There was all ethnicities in there including white so didn't matter if you was latino white black doesn't matter you were all included it was more inclusive than the tv show friends leave the couch alone man leave the couch alone leave the couch alone oh shoot look (laughs) even even living single let me tell you something i like living single but once again (laughs) there was no it was mostly black and i get that and everyone's like yeah I'm like, well, I didn't see no Latino people in there. And, you know, there's white people in New York, too, right? So there's a mix of everybody. It's a melting pot for a reason. All right. Right? No Asians. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So I'm just saying, you don't got to segregate. End the hate. <laughs> I should have been, been running for president. Don't segregate. End the hate. So this is the kind of character that went around. He wouldn't have done well at Marvel. Um, he, he, he's got this. So his original run ran for 45 issues, if I remember correctly. and you know, and that was his original run. And then he came back, you know, Static Shock, cool, you know, uh, uh, re- the rebirth of cool. He's, mm-hmm. he's 
in the current DC universe. And this character transitioned into a t- an animated show. He had his own cartoon that ran right. for, what, four or five seasons, like 52, ep- 52 episodes total? Something like that. Something like that. And, 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 you know, out of all the ones they could have picked, they went with Virgil as a Saturday morning cartoon, and he did stay pretty much, so went from static to static shock. It, it did keep true to the source material. Right. Of course, going from one medium to another, you're going to be such changes. There's certain things you couldn't uh, reference. But they really kept true to the core of the character, his persona, his, how he, his, his thought process, and how he's portrayed. Yeah, of course, it gave him more of a coolish costume, you know, because it had a... But they didn't really sell any toys or any media with Static. That, that was a surprising thing. And the show, in Static Shock, that there was a couple of episodes that he would cross over with other people. So at one point, there is a crossover episode in Static Shock with Batman and Robin. Mm. So the Static Shock TV show definitely shows that it took place in the DC universe because Batman and Robin are right there. Right. He teams up with them. Batman's like, hey, you're doing, you're doing a good job. You're sp- uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you're getting thumbs up from Batman and he's, a, and he cracks hard on Superman. Uh, oh, Take it. Okay. Take it and go. Take it and go. Run. Run. That's right. That's when you don't try to add anything on. And Batman says, I like what you're doing. Thank you. And leave the room. Because Smile if you say anything else more, you might take away points from yourself. There you go. <laughs> Just like Ikea. Start the car! Start the right? car! Start the car! Exactly. So this is what Virgil is. This is what Virgil's all about. Mm-hmm. This is why definitely Milestone, DC has a lot of property, a lot of uh, characters right right milestone i know they do the dc showcase and i'm liking how they do the little dc showcase once in a while in an animated thing i i would love to see static come back and i and i said he's had comic book and he's had multiple series so he's had a mm-hmm. original series he's had rebirth of cool he's had another mini series he had another ongoing series they were planning on putting him with the teen titans but that didn't pan out because that issue didn't you know it didn't come that way but that was the overall plan for static so Clearly, there's a love for him. And, you know, I mean, people think Black Lightning. I think, okay, Black Lightning is cool. We'll talk about him one day. But Static Shock, I mean, his power level? Okay. Electromagnetic manipulation. Energy field, you know, uh, Manning. Okay, let's go with it. Manipulation. uh, uh, Force fields. Electrotechnic telekinesis. Uh, uh, electrogenesis electro reception so pretty much he can use he can get on an object use his powers to make an object fly while he's on top of it so he's not flying himself he would go on rod no 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 no, go go he would take a a metal trash can lid stand on it zap it with his powers and that's how he would go around he would fly around almost like a silver surfer right he i I, I will go he he's he's basically the dc Uh version of Magneto. Yes. Everybody knows Magneto. So that's the best way you can see how right. powerful and everybody does fear Magneto because he is connected to the earth in the sense of electric, you know, electromagnetism. He has that power. So even when you watch him in regards to Justice on just Unlimited, when you see him in the future and everything like that, even in that time when he when he saw the future Batman, you know, at that point. He was 
the number one superhero. He was the GOAT. He was the greatest of us all type of type of character. Yep. So so he he was he was he he had he has powers and you you know a lot lot in his resources that he can use that really hasn't been properly tapped out. It hasn't been properly tapped what you know the full extent of what he can do. No. So he no. is a very powerful individual. He, that's that's the best. He's more powerful than they truly portrayed. Like oh. we know as fans, his list and the list goes on for all the powers he has and how he's able to manipulate yeah. them. And on top of it, he's he's not a dummy. He's almost like a genius. So he does parallel a lot with Peter Parker. But unlike Peter Parker, Peter Parker as Spider Man only hit his peak when he was um what was the, the series? Oh, not spectacular. Uh, when Doctor Octopus took over his body. Oh, superior! When he was superior Spider Man. When he was superior Spider Man, because Peter Parker goes, wait a minute, I was able to do that with my part, my my powers, and and Doc Ock and his body was like, yeah, you never tried it. Static is pushing it because at one point, when Static's in the DC universe and his other story was going with McDaniel's, who was writing and drawing it, he did work for Star Labs. He was working for Hardwire, uh, Hardware. He did have his own kind of secret lab within star labs mm-hmm. um okay okay and and they they never read a story that he really had to go all out with his powers i think he would be up there with superman oh. the, when he was superman lost his powers and he became all like you know he had like electromagnetic I, powers yes right yes, I remember right that. he would be up there if not even beyond superman with those powers but his manipulation if you're invisible he can still see you he can sense you it it's insane how he uses his powers, and of course, the fact that he keeps testing and pushing himself. And there's, there's, in one of the series, he gets his arm almost like severed, and by the end of the day, you know, first of all, he's got a healing factor. He never even knew he had a healing factor, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh man, someone needs to look at my arm, and they look at it, and it's like, oh yeah, it's just a slight bruise. I slipped. You know, he thought he was gonna see something because in that storyline that was within the DC universe when they're bringing him back, mm-hmm. that. The way the teachers were looking at it was like, oh, well, you always seem to be leaving. You don't, you, even though you're super smart, you seem to be despondent. So the counselor thought he was getting abused at home by his parents. So in the rebirth, they did bring his back, dad back. In the original milestone, his dad wasn't there. In the DC rebirth, and they kicked it, they kicked it off, his dad was back. And it was, oh, we thought your parents were at home abusing you. Uh, no, <laughs> which is not the case. He's out fighting villains. So right. these are the things that he has to go through all the time. And then the extended cast of, you know, of him trying to keep a job and then trying to save people, trying to date, you know. And, of course, mm-hmm. regardless of what version you look at, you still have his mom and dad in there as part of it. You have his on and off girlfriend. You have his group of friends. You have his sister. And at one point, there's a clone that's made, but the clone of his sister doesn't know – the, the clone doesn't know she's a clone. So both think they're a the real person. And they're always trying to figure out who's who. And at one point, they're like, well, figure out, for, you know, forget figuring it out. I- I'm going to be this person. So the sister goes by Sharon and the, and the, and the other one who goes with the middle name. And, and that's how they, they kind of leave it. Distinguish it, yeah. Right? And, and it's like, okay, well, I got two sisters now. So he, he, he's got that going on for him. So uh, this is a character I would love to see grow more. That being said, mm. brings us down to our famous moment of fan casting <laughs> static. Mm. Mm. Rod, Sir. How, how would you like to see this portrayed? Would you like to see it portrayed oh. as more of the cartoon? Would you like to see this back 
uh, a series, a movie, live action, animated, and, and who would be your static, static shock? See, I would, I would like, I would like a series. Okay. I would like a series. Like I, I I'm here because I'm because I knew this was coming up, and I was teetering between: do I want an anime, or do I want a live series? Now, definitely a movie would be would be great. Right. I just think the popularity for a movie straight out the gate may not catch. So we need to rebuild everybody to to recognize who static is. So the cartoon would be great. I think the live action would definitely be a good connection. So it can go, it can definitely go either way. You can get them connected so they know who that person is and go down to, uh, not go down, but go sideways to basically doing an anime and then do another sideway the other end. Then we can go to like a movie. But at that point, once we get to a movie aspect, we have Justice League. So then we can bring in that type of connection right there. Right. So okay. that's why I would say, if anything, I would start right there in the middle. And then have the opportunity to go both sides. Now, who I would choose, right. I would go with uh, Tyrell Jackson Williams. Tyrell Jackson Williams. Some may not know the name right off the bat, but if you have young children and you watched any particular show by the name of Lab Rats, oh, if you remember oh, Lab Rats, oh, oh, okay, okay, right, yes. So I, I, I know at this point in time he will. He would have to be, he'll be an older, like, I'm, I'm checking on the number. He's like in his early mid-20s. Uh, right. So he would just have to play a little bit younger. And I would play him at the end of his high school. Yes. Because so you want to be. Let me, let me, don't, I hate to interrupt you. Yeah. Is, is, was it his brother, the actor that played Everybody Hates Chris? His older brother? Um, so let me, let me see. I know who you're talking about because I've seen Lab Rats before, so I know who he was. I know who he is. Is I was in the impression that he was he was um I thought he was the younger brother of that same actor. He was, he was a younger brother. Okay, so he's the younger brother of the actor who played Everybody Hates Chris. That played Chris in in Everybody Hates Chris. If I believe if I if I'm checking the right person, I believe so. You know what? I didn't I didn't I didn't dive to Chris, I thought of him, but I realized he'd be too old. Right, he'd be too right. older to do it. So yes. then I remember, like, wait a minute, because anybody understanding Lab Rats is basically a group of uh, young teens at the time who had superpowers and everything like that. They all had superpowers except for him. He was more like the smart one, um, but he was the quirky type of person who can be, you know, funny and you know, along that line. Now I'm going to give him age. I'm going to give him a chance to get himself more developed. But now he can be. Um, that role was a stepping stone to me for being Virgil. Right, right. Gotcha. So I, I, yeah. I, that's who. That's who I would go with. I would go with. I would go with him. And you're saying as, his name is what's his name again? Tyrell. Tyrell Jackson Williams. Yes. So Tyrell Jackson Williams. So his older brother is Tyler James Williams, who did play. Chris Rock and everybody hates Chris. Correct. So it's funny that you would have gone for that actor first and said, "Oh, he's too old." You went for his younger brother. I went for his younger brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank and this what we call keeping it within the family. <laughs> yeah, you know. Let's get the money in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
Wow, that's okay. Good call. Good call. Okay, so I see what you're saying. So on my side of it, here's how I would see it now. I, and I, mm-hmm. once again, I've had a wide range of thought because there's so much you with this character, right? right? So on one hand, I would say animate it and then live action, but a series, uh, right. not a movie, right? Uh, for a different reason. So I know a lot of times I say that, but because I like the development. Mm-hmm. So as a as a as a cartoon. I would love to see this done as DC are doing what they call their DC showcase, which are shorts of one-off characters and, and just, in, you know, putting it out there to the audience. So I would like to see a DC showcase slash milestone just to show the connect, you know, how that is connected all together, mm-hmm. you know, or DC milestone presents static shock. DC milestone presents icon and rocket dc and and hardwire blood syndicate you know and they can aim this for different ages because it'd be going more direct or on streaming services so i think that would be kind of cool and they can actually do a whole dc milestone event so Mm -hmm. do the dc milestone for each of these characters we're probably talk about in the future bring audiences up to speed on them individually real quick then after the last one do dc milestone event and show uh, a, a good hour and a half movie with the milestone characters with that whole, you know, the how they get into the DC universe through that event that happened in that miniseries. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't remember the name of that miniseries right now, but it's not, it's not final crisis. It was the one before and, and how they got into, into it. That that's what I want to do. That being said, I would bring back uh, Phil Lamar who does his voice mm. of Samurai Jack and does the voice of Static Shock. Yep. Bring back Phil Lamar to take on that role once again. You know, Fact. let him show Static when he's, as you put it, maybe near the end of his high school thing, years, right? And then lead up to it and then let them do the crossover so they draw the character over, older. Still use Phil Lamar for the animated one. Bring that over. So this way now fans are going to say, oh, wow, DC Milestone, right? You're thinking Milestone, yeah. like a Milestone moment but no milestone was a comic book so it's a play of words presents blah 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 boom that's done now people are open to it now okay what can you do well dc turns to the tv version and goes hey cw hmm. it seems that you lost some properties you canceled some shows kind of did yeah how would you like to do something now to get done right to get once again the greediness and so forth I've had the thought of let it be produced by 50 Cent. 50 Cent produce the Milestone Universe in association with CW or go with someone else. But 50 Cent as executive producer Mm -hmm. to do a superhero genre thing. Because now you're going to open yourself up 50 to more audiences. It's all about crossover 50 and you know that. So, yeah, I'm talking to 50 like he's listening to me right now, but I'm going to talk to him that way. 50, you talk about it. This is a crossover. You're going to cross over into more, uh, uh, you know, demographics and bring more people in under your wheelhouse to put them out there and you get a good set of actors. So this is what DC Comics or DC, you know, universe can do with their their cinematic universe can do the DC Milestone Present. But when it comes to it, I want a live action series being on a streaming network. Whoever you're going to sign with, you know, and the actor that I would go with is Caleb uh, McLaughlin. 
who was on he, Stranger Things. Listen, he, he he was on my he was on my radar. It was literally those two. It was right. he was either Jared or or or, or Caleb, and I'm like thinking, yeah, Caleb, Caleb had. Yeah, go ahead. Caleb's got the look. He's got the acting chops. He's got the hair. If you look at the hair, he's got the little twist in the hair. He's 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 there. Caleb <laughs> and he, he, Caleb's hitting his twenty, so he can still do. He can still play younger because black don't crack. Exactly. So he, just because he's twenty doesn't mean he can't play sixteen, right? Right. right. <laughs> Clearly, in Stranger Things, what happened? It's him and a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, talking about geekdom and Star Wars. Wow, we're already there with your character development, Caleb. We're, we're good. Once Stranger Things are done, what do you want to do? Well. Don't be a co-star. Be a superhero. So, Caleb, you need to turn around. Listen to this podcast. Then you got to turn around and reach up to 50. And you and 50 mm-hmm. sit down. Work on a deal. And if it ain't CW, then you go with someone else and then get that show. And you could be, you know, let, let 50 be executive producer and you be producer. So that way you bring that money both into you. And then you just keep that going. And if you really want to get this done really well, you take the two of you. You go down to Atlanta. Right, and you go mm. over to Tyler Perry Studios, and there, boom, it's in house. Juneteenth on its way, people. Very nice, very nice, very nice. That's how oh, I would go about it. Get the animated mm. stuff, you know, DC Direct. You make your money off of it, and and that brings that back. You know, Caleb, Fifty Cent, you guys have a conversation. Start because Static is the gateway to the heroes that you can portray in a certain way that is true. The, you know, he's seeing things and this is educational not, mm-hmm. and not just entertainment because it's educational opening people's eyes to the struggles of, you know, non-whites in life. Period. Right. Right? It, 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 it's educational. It's not a fact of browbeating. No, it's just going to show you what we point of view. It's not. It's the it's the point of view, the POV of of what happens in the inner city, and just coming from that particular lifestyle, life, and how to how do you balance that? So we learned, we've already learned a life balance struggle, not struggle yes. of Peter Parker. Yes. On that on the on Queens side, uh, you know, living you know with Aunt May and whatever the kids. We see right. so many right. different varieties of that. Now let's see life balance, work, hero balance, of working i mean you know having 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 power and living you know living in you know in in an inner city and how do you do that absolutely because look at it this way right my point of view is it's not fresh prince in bel-air it's not that he got taken Mm. from the projects or Mm. living in the inner city and moved to bel-air no 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 he's not peter parker where he wouldn't peter parker wouldn't go through certain things even though in in spider-man he did deal with racism and so forth like that because he saw it and he didn't want to stand for it and he stood up against racism and, and right. good on Marvel for writing those characters. But now you're getting a character from the inner city living in their inner city, dealing with these on things. The side. This point of view would be done really well without being browbeating and still entertaining with a great property to be the gateway to all the other characters we're about to talk about in the next couple of weeks, 50. So tune go. in. <laughs> <laughs> We've got you. This is for you. And if you put this, if this goes down, one, remember the Iconist podcast. Two, 50, you can support the Iconist podcast. Look, you can come on this show and, and tell us your point of view or throw us a video or your comments and stuff like that. And then three, we want to be on set when some of this stuff breaks down so we can say, aha. aha. 
We yeah. what we call um, your your consultants. Would the character do this? Yes, no. Are we on the right path? Yes, no. <clears throat> Let us consult for you. By the way, did I mention that 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 Rod's a DJ and I was a hip hop dancer? So this this can go really well. Go very well. <laughs> there you go. Just say it. this. How we do? <laughs> wow. Hmm. Yeah. 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 You heard a G unit. This is I unit. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even gonna try. I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not even. Iconist. No. Okay. Oh, God. No. Fifty. <laughs> apologize for that. No. <laughs> Iconist. The first letter is I C. I see you. <laughs> Come on, fifty. Right on. That that's that's. That's my New York love right there, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> On that note, Rod, any final words before we wrap this up for the people? Listen, um, listen. I'll all to say is that you can go and go and look for Static. Read up on him. You will see the depths of that character. You will see the depths of the storyline, and you'll you'll see what we're talking about. You'll see how you know you can how it becomes very relatable, and you can see why. This is something that can definitely work today. Barry's putting us some good points in regards to, you know, getting it live action, you know, getting it produced from 50, because that will come from a different perspective that no yes. one is expecting, yet expecting. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't expect it, per se, from static, but you didn't expect that from 50. And you're like, it makes sense. And then you're going to sit down like, all right, that was that was good. That was good. Like, why did you do this before? Eh, I don't know. Some guys from Canada kind of came up with the idea, or thought it, you know, nudge in that right direction. That's all I was saying. <laughs> For the ones that listen so, at home, we just did the knowing smile. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So no, but seriously, it's 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 a great it's a great property that definitely, um, like I said, in the comic world of it, he's shown the test of time, shown that it's a character that had longevity. And yep. that you can do a lot, a lot of stuff. Again, you can go off the basis, like I made the mention of the similarities, quote unquote, a ma a Magneto. So you realize that this per person isn't just, uh, he, he ain't a cookie cutter type of hero. No, man. He, no, man. he, 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 he has some chops. He has, <laughs> he has some girt. He can, he can like, when properly developed, he will realize the, the extent of his power. Like I, I could be a threat. I could be a problem. Yeah, you can. So definitely you'll see that you see the connection there, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you will go and check out your local comic store, check out online, check out for static, check on videos, YouTube, any old stuff, static shock. And then you're good for go. For real. <laughs> Support on it. your book stores. There you go. On that note, thank you everyone mm. for tuning in. Don't don't forget we got a Patreon page, we got a coffee page. You know, mm. sign up, tip, whatever, comment, and we'll shout you out. Please do. Looking forward to hearing from more people and more fans listening to the show. Uh, we're on all streaming services all over or on YouTube. You know how to find us. We out and keep in mind that this whole world we started talking about was created by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. Out! This is how we do. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-